Hey guys, welcome to In Position. Hey guys, welcome to In Position once again. Glad we're here and I'm looking forward to diving into today's episode because this is something that has been on my heart. Quite frankly, I feel like I say that every episode because it's true. I'm speaking the things that have been on my heart lately, but there has been a heavy impression for me to speak on this. It's so needed in this season. But before that, I'm going to start by asking you a question, a question that I've had to ask myself as well. Everything really that I'm saying are things, most of them at least, most of them are things that I've had to ask myself that the Holy Spirit has prompted me, questioned me about, you know, um, self-reflection. So the question is, have you become a bottleneck? Have you become a bottleneck? Now we know what that means. Generally speaking, it's like when you have something or someone in the literal sense, a bottle, um, somewhat restrains the flow of a thing. Like when you have a big bottle like this, for instance, the bottleneck, this is smaller. So the same amount of water, if you had caught it here, the amount of water that will flow through it's not going to be at the same pace as when it comes out through here because this is more controlled. So have you become a bottleneck? Are you somewhat limiting God's supply through you? Now, a lot of the things I've been saying in the previous episodes have had a lot to do with callings and impression and the things that God has asked people to do in this season. But it's not just that. Just the basic resources that God has given you. Money. Money is something people don't want to talk about. But the money that he's given you, the things that you're chasing, if he gives them to you and the ones that he has given to you, have you become a bottleneck? Are you seeking him on what to do with what he has given to you? Are you making your own plans to attain wealth and get things and then asking him to co-sign on it? Or did you ask him what his plan is? Did you ask him what he wants you to do? Did you make that plan and submit it to God before implementing it? Or are you just acquiring wealth for yourself? The scripture talks about not building up treasures here on earth where moth and rust and decay can get to them, but instead storing up treasures in heaven. That's what he wants us to do. Because again, the things that people don't want to talk about is that we're not going to be here forever. As Christians, we must be eternal minded. But even if you're not a Christian, it's a reality of life that everybody is going to drop this flesh one day. We all know it's that death is inevitable. Physical death is inevitable. So it should inspire you to ask the question, what next? What next? How do I prepare for after here? Shouldn't I be investing in something that yields much more return, that, ex- that outlasts this lifetime and goes beyond? The resources that God gives to people he gives them to bless people but he also wants to bless people through the people that he gives them to he uses us as conduits we're here to do his work and it's very problematic when he's giving things to us and we are not letting it flow through us the question usually that i the way i'd phrase it normally is am i a river or a reservoir now a reservoir just holds stuff a river flows So the things that God has put in your hand, whatever that looks like, again, there's wisdom, there's insights, whatever God has called you to do, business ideas, inspiration, revelation, money, 
money. Nobody wants to talk about money, but it's true. Money, whatever it, anything that you're holding just for yourself, you need to check if you've put your security in that thing. The scripture has a lot to say about putting your trust elsewhere. And the bottom line of that is anybody that trusts outside of the Lord will be put to shame. And God detests that. He detests that and many times is merciful enough to put us in situations that show us that the things that we've rooted our trust into are fleeting and they cannot hold ground. And he's kind enough. And he doesn't seem kind in the moments where, I don't know, the business that you've invested your life into is crumbling. It doesn't feel kind in that moment. But on the other side of it, if you get the lesson and you stop investing your whole faith, your trust, your security into what you've built in your, with your hands, you realize that that's the kindness of God. If you go back in the Old Testament, I'm sure this is not just the Old Testament throughout the Bible, but I have this, I, I remember this specific instance where God was talking to, about the Israelites, like how foolish is it to trust in things that you make with your own hands? Now, in in that sense, like in the Bible, when he was speaking at that time, he was talking about literal man-made statues as idols. The same thing applies to us today. So yes, they're not idols that we're putting around in the house for majority of us, but they're things we've created with our house, with our hands, sorry. Things we've created with our hands, be it businesses, be it identities, fake identities, and that's a topic for another day. But idols, images, um, reputations, reputations, things that we've constructed, bank accounts that are yielding money. You know, you get your your sense of security from the amount of money you have in the bank. Money is supposed to be a resource. Yes, it has importance, obviously. It's something that God uses here on the earth. But it's just that. It's paper. Have you thought about the fact that it's just paper? And when you leave this earth, which most of us don't know how long we're going to be here. When you leave this earth, you leave all of it behind. So why invest so much of your trust, your security in things that can't outlast the here and now? Anyways, I think that took a bit of a detour. So I want to get into just one verse before I get into what what I really want to talk about. I do want to mention a verse that I read that made me think throughout the week. And it's about David. We know David. We all talk about David. A man after God's heart is incredible. And if you read the scriptures with David and you read the Psalms, you would understand why God says this is a man after my heart. It is not that he did not sin. It is not that he did not make stupid mistakes, but this man was actively pursuing God and he was repentant when he did anything that was displeasing to God. And he recognized that when he was doing evil to people, it wasn't just people. He actually would say, I have sinned against you, God which is pretty much what happened when he slept with Bathsheba and got Uriah killed. When the prophet Nathan came to speak to him and he recognized his wrong, he pleaded with God and he said, I have sinned against you. Yeah. It is like when the scripture talks about um, people that were hungry and you did not feed me, they were naked and you did not clothe me. That if you and if said if you did those, you did if you did it for the least of these, you did it for me. 
If you neglected them, you neglected him. We live for something bigger. And the scripture that I had in mind was in Acts Acts 13, Acts 13, verses 22. I read it and it stuck with me. And it says this. Then the people asked for a king. He gave them Saul, son of Kish, and the tribe of Benjamin, who ruled 40 years. That's verse 21. Now verse 22. After removing Saul, he made David their king. God testified concerning him. Now listen, because this is what stuck with me. God testified concerning him. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. Will you do everything God wants you to do? This is part of the reason why God saw him as a man after his heart. He was open to be a vessel, to be a conduit. I did not hold anything close to his chest as just his. Everything was submitted to God. Can God say of you, you will do anything that I want you to do? Can he say that of you? Can he testify of you in this way? And it ties back into what we're saying before about the treasures that we store on earth. Actually, I remember reading a scripture a little earlier in Timothy. And bear with me, I'm just, I'm going to look this up quickly. I don't know where it is and I did not store it, so. Right, okay, great. Thank God for Google. Thank God for Google, guys. That could have taken way longer. But, um, 1 Timothy 6.17. Alright, I'm going to pull it in the NLT version. Start from 17, yes. So, Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they are storing up treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life and this ties perfectly into the other verse in matthew i believe that talks about not storing treasures here on earth but storing it in heaven where there's no moth or rust or decay very important so you need to really evaluate all the things that you're accumulating here on earth are they just for you what is the intent i think this has a lot to do with your heart's posture Because there's nothing wrong with acquiring wealth. God wants to use the wealth. He wants you to acquire wealth as his child so that he can get it through you to help establish the kingdom, to to perform missions here on earth because he has made it such that money is a resource, is a tool that we use here. So he wants you to acquire it. However, he wants you to acquire it with an open hand so that it, it can accomplish all that he wants to accomplish on the earth. So back to the verse, Acts 13, 22. Can the Lord say of you, this is a man after my own heart. He will do 
all that I want him to do. If God tells you right now, that thing that you so treasure so much, give it away, will you do it? And be honest. If the answer is no, it's a good starting point to know where you're at. And you ask the Lord to help you to soften your heart, to make you a willing vessel and to make you a conduit. That is so important. So yeah, also, also, I, I think something else that we trust then, you know, apart from money, the bank accounts, the reputation, some things that we hold so closely is our alliances. I remember seeing a scripture, um, I believe it was in Isaiah, but I am going to look it up. This is interesting. I did not set up to do like a Bible study, but it is going to be rooted in the word of God. So I am here for it. I'm here for it. Okay, so this is Isaiah chapter 30. Guys, the word of God is life. It's life. I think many of us don't know what we are missing until we get into it. And then you realize that everything you've been looking for, your sanity, your restoration, the tools for whatever situation you're going through, it's in there. But the problem is that a lot of us read it like it's a chore, like a check mark. And many times we go in there reading stories or we go in there looking to know more about us, which is good. We want to know more about us. We want to learn about ourselves. But I, I will tell you my personal experience. When I went to the scriptures just looking for me, it wasn't sinking into my heart. It stayed in my head. And I still felt like I had no idea who I was. And what I was here for. But when I flipped the switch. And I started looking for God. When God made it clear to me. Look for me. As I looked for him I found myself. And I realized that that makes perfect sense. Because the word tells us that we were made in his image. When you get to know him. You cannot get to know him and not get to know yourself. So maybe we need to be a little bit more selfless. Selfless when we are approaching the scriptures. Go to God asking for him with a desire to get to know him. And that's completely not what I was going to say before, but I'm going to let the Holy Spirit take over. Okay, so Isaiah 30 verse 1 says, What sorrow awaits my rebellious children, says the Lord. You make plans that are contrary to mine. This is what we're talking about. Submit your plans to God. I am not saying, in fact, I think the best thing is for God to give you his plans. And he does that. But also, if you make your plans, which is okay, make your plans, but don't execute them without submitting them to God. Allow God to have the final say. It says, you make plans that are contrary to mine. You make alliances not directed by my spirit, thus piling up your sins. For without consulting me, and I didn't even know verse 2 was going to say that. I was just about to say, did you consult God? But here it is. For without consulting me, you have gone down to Egypt for help. You have put your trust in Pharaoh's protection. You have tried to hide in his shade. Now, yes, literally, when this scripture was written, when God was speaking, he was talking literally about Egypt. He was talking about Pharaoh. But who is your Egypt? Who is your Egypt? Who are the people you are going to for help without consulting God? Who is your Pharaoh? 
who is the person that you feel has so much authority that can protect you, that you are neglecting your ultimate protector, your refuge, your fortress. Do not forget that every single man, no matter how high they are, is sustained by one breath. And if God takes that breath away, that is it. It is very important that we root our trust in the right person, in the right source. So yes, that is very important. I'm going to read out a bit of what I had written just to summarize what I'm talking about right now. So have you become a bottleneck, river or reservoir? Are you getting fat with insights and resources? Generosity is Christ-like. God has plenty to say about those who trust their wealth. He wants to bless you, but he wants to bless people who have the desire or the understanding that they are to become blessings. Think about Abraham. Think about Abraham. Abraham didn't get to see the nations that he was going to become a father of, but God told him that it was going to get, make him the father of nations and he was going to bless him to be a blessing. That is it for all of us. We are not to hoard. Is your treasure here on earth or are you using the gift and resources here on earth to build and store up treasures in heaven? There is nothing wrong with having wealth, but are you using it in alliance, in accordance to God's plan? Are you using it to help the needy? God cares about the needy, the orphans, the widows, are you using it to build foundations? Are you using it to feed the hungry? Are you using it for prison reform? Are you using it to do the things that God cares about? Are you considering his heart or only yours? Did you consider the desires of his heart or only yours? Very important. Your heart posture matters. Saving or storing up for generations is not ungodly, but it could be if it's at the expense of obedience to God's instruction. Where is your trust rooted? Where is your trust rooted? Okay. So now to, I don't want to say more important topic. It's not more important, but I think it's really important in this season specifically. And it's a question that a lot of people ask is, how can you discern the voice of God? How do I know when is God speaking? How do you hear God? And it's really important. In fact, if you're asking that question, I thank God you're asking that question because it shows there's a desire to hear from him. And there are multiple things I could say. In fact, I even have two books that my mother gave me a while ago. Very good books. Um, absolute blessings. But I will say a few things because there's only so much you can say in one episode and we'll see. Maybe the next episode I'll expand a bit more and give more examples. I like to give analogies because the Holy Spirit speaks to me well, giving me understanding through analogies. So I'll give you an analogy that I believe he gave me. Imagine right now walking into a room with your friend. And it's a big hall. You're in a big hall. This room is a big hall. And there are multiple doors. Right now, it's just you and your friend in there. But there are tons of people in the hallway. Tons of people. And they're loud, of course. Now, as you're walking with your friend, you start opening doors. And as you're opening doors, the sound is coming in. It's becoming really loud. You can't really hear your friend so much anymore. This is a really good analogy for people that feel like suddenly they're not hearing God. And I'm not saying this is the case all the time, 
But many times when you were hearing God before and suddenly it feels like you're not hearing voices God anymore, it's because the noise is too loud. So that's an instance for people that, and I'll expand more on it, but for people that feel like suddenly they're not hearing God as much anymore. Now for people that feel like they've never heard God, still has to do with the noise. I'll use a slightly different analogy. Imagine you're at a club. Or, you know, if you don't want to think club, think you're at a concert. Let's say an EDM concert. Have you ever been to one of those spaces where the music is so loud? You're trying to talk to your friend. You can't even really hear. And then it's like more, you're more so trying to read their lips because the music is so loud. There's so much noise. That's what it looks like when we are allowing so many voices and so much noise in. Then we are struggling to decipher the voice of God. It is often not that he's not speaking. Most of the time, it's not that he's not speaking. It's that we are not hearing. And we're not hearing because there's so many things cluttering and muffling his voice. I think this is particularly very important for people that during this period, a lot of people are going on fasts, which is really good. People are fasting and people are also staying away from um, social media and spaces like that. Really good. This is a warning to watch the way you come back to those spaces because you can go on a fast, separate yourself, consecrate yourself, and you feel like you're hearing God so well. And then suddenly when you leave that fast, you go back to your old ways and you're wondering what happened. The noise is back in. There are too many voices speaking on all your social media platforms, all the friends you're talking to. Have you made room to just sit down with God and God alone? And many times... Even if you're alone, if you spend the whole day having a million and one conversations that are ungodly, your mind takes note of those things. And then the noise can be in your mind. Have you been able to quiet it down? So be careful about the voices that are speaking. Turn the noise down. And you know, even in a noisy room, in a noisy room, sometimes you can make out what your friend is saying because you're looking at them. You can read their lips. Have you shifted your attention from God? Sometimes we've shifted our attention so much that even though we can't hear him, sometimes we can, we can see and make sense of it, but we've shifted our focus so much that we can't even interpret what, whatever he's saying by no means whatsoever can we figure out what he's saying. And it's because there's too much noise. There's too much noise. I'm going to read a little bit because... I wrote a bit down and I was thinking earlier today and I'm going to read it. So that being said, we must discern the voice of God. And I, I say that tying it to the trust issue, because if you want to submit your plans to God and God wants to get things through you, you want to ask him, God, what do you want to do with this resource? God, what will you have me sow? What will you have me invest in? Who will you have me feed? You need to be able to hear when it's God speaking. So it's important to discern the voice of God. Are you hearing what God is saying concerning your finances? Is there an area of your life where you are solely going by your plan? Have you surrendered it to God? Stop trying to get God to co-sign on something he did not vet. Stop trying to get God to co-sign on something he did not vet and agree on. Ask God his plans and by all means make your plans. But you must submit them to God. And sometimes God will give you the plan. And I thought when I was writing that down, I immediately thought about David and I thought about Nehemiah. And even the people that were building the temple in the Old Testament, there were specifications. God gave them specifications down to the nitty gritty. 
You think about Solomon building the temple. David wrote down all those plans and David said in the scriptures that the Lord gave him every single detail. And he wrote that down. So there are a number of examples in the scripture. The Bible says, my sheep know my voice and a stranger they will not follow. So you want to be a sheep that hears the voice of God, that knows the voice of God. So how, how do you do that? First of all, how do sheep recognize their shepherd? They've spent time with him. They've spent time with him and they've been led by him. How is it that dogs and cats sniff their owner? They've gotten used to the owner's presence. They've sat in his presence. So now think about a friend. Because I like to relate these things. These relationships, just like you take time and intentionality to build a relationship, the same needs to be done with God. The same needs to be done with God. So now just imagine that you met somebody randomly. Maybe you went for a party with your friend or a hangout with your friend. And you met a friend of a friend. Maybe you spoke for just like 10 seconds. Or, or maybe you even just saw him in the distance. You didn't really have any close interaction with him. You heard him speak from a distance. Now just imagine like three weeks later, there's somebody screaming downstairs, calling your name. You probably won't recognize the voice if it's that person that you met. Because you don't really know him. You haven't spent time with him. You don't recognize his voice. As opposed to your friend who you've been talking to constantly. You've been friends with this person for two weeks. Say you guys talk every other week or every other day or whatever. There's been intentionality. There's been spent time, time spent together. You recognize their voice. So when they speak, even if it's from a distance, I'm like, oh, that's my friend. I knew I heard your voice. So many of us have said that before. I heard your voice and I just knew that that was you. Or there are even instances where we see a friend walking from a distance, from a far distance, and you just know based on their walking step. You've spent time with them. And so you're able to see all those little details and recognize them from a distance. In the same way, we must be intentional spending time with God. And the more you spend time with him, you listen you get to know his voice. Now, that being said, at the very beginning, you might not know. You might not know. And sometimes it may be like trial and error. Maybe trial and error. But this is also where the second part of this comes in. It's really important to know the character of God. This is why you have to open up your word. You have to get in the Bible. You can't cheat this thing. Like God gave us his word for a reason. But you do not read the word of God just with your natural eyes or just your natural mind. You have to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you. And this is very important because even a, a camouflage, somebody that is not God, somebody pretending to be God can speak to you using the scriptures. Think about Jesus in the wilderness when he was being tempted by Satan. Satan used the scripture. If Jesus did not know the character of God and know the content and context then he would have just accepted, okay, that's true. The word of God does say, does say this, does say that. So, it is important to get, the know, get to know the character of God. Get to know the character of God. And as we get to know the character of God, we will be able to discern discern his voice. He will reveal himself to us. Again, when you get to know his character, when you are reading the word of God, don't just read it merely. It's so easy to hear 
and not understand. Many times, there are even instances of people that really know the voice of God. They know the voice of God, so they know what God said. But when he speaks, they take it to mean one thing. And then when they see the unfolding, they realize, oh, that's not what God meant. That's not what he meant. Many times it, it happens that way. And this is why it's so important not to make assumptions. Ask God what he's saying. The Bible says, cry out for insight. Cry out for insight. With all you're getting, get understanding. Get an understanding. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what he's saying. Don't assume that you know what God is saying in every instance. And there was an instance in the scripture. Daniel was speaking in Daniel 12. And he said, I heard, but I did not understand. So he did what? The scripture says, so he asked the Lord. This is in Daniel 12. So he asked the Lord. I want to quickly go to the chapter where Jesus was tempted by Satan. I want to quickly look at the specific temptations just to expand a little bit about what I am saying. Right. So the first time that the devil was tempting Jesus said, if you are the son of God, turn these stones to bread. And oh, God gave me very good revelation for that one. We're going to come to that in another episode. But that was the first thing. And Jesus responded with scripture, said, man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Okay. And I believe the devil took notes. Okay. This man knows the word of God. Since this is a strategy, I'm going to play along. And so the next temptation, the devil says, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written. Yes, he's quoting the scripture too. He will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. If Jesus did not have understanding, if all he knew was just the words written on paper without a revelation, then sure, you'll take it. Oh yeah, that's true. The scripture did say that. With all you're getting, get understanding. But because Jesus understood, had a revelation, leaning on the Holy Spirit, he himself is the word of God. Because he knew and he understood, he was able to rebut by saying, Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Can people fool you? Oof. Can people fool you with scripture? Are you asking God what that means? Are you digging deep to get a revelation? Are you taking things at face value? You cannot read the word of God without the word himself, without the Holy Spirit. This is not just any mere physical book. It's living. It's alive and active. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you. So yes, there's a third temptation um, where the devil took him to a high mountain, showed him the kingdoms of the world and said, I will give this to you if you bow down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, worship the Lord your God. It is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. But the point I wanted to make was how the devil saw that, okay, this person, no scripture. Let me switch tactics. And if Jesus did not have context and an understanding, a revelation as to where this scripture applies, what it really means, then he could have taken it at face value and just been like, oh, you're right. The scripture does say that. The scripture does say that. So yeah, yeah, I would jump down. Yeah, really important to get an understanding. 
and there are also other things you know when i say get to know the character of god it's really important that you have a revelation of the characters or the characteristics of his voice for instance the bible says that god does not give us a spirit of fear or timidity but of power love and a sound mind so if you are having a prompting so you are feeling a, a push nervousness anxiety to do something and is inciting fear god does not send fear to his beloved that's not god's voice this is not to be confused however with a restlessness because god will often use a restlessness to get us to move but if it's inciting fear and anxiety that's not consistent with god's character to his children that he loves it's not going to be using fear to move you So it's really important that you know the characteristics of his voice. Study how he has spoken to other people in the scripture. Talk to God while you're reading the scripture. Ask him to reveal himself to you. Ask him to reveal himself to you. Yeah. And so as you accompany it with with prayer, you get to know when God says certain things or when you hear someone say certain things, or someone, told, someone can tell you, for instance, God said this and you can be like, there's no way. My God did not say that because you're conversant with his character. You're familiar with his character. The same way like a friend. You can have a friend and you know this friend so well that somebody can come and gossip or tell you, it might not even be gossip, it might not even be negative, but they tell you something like, this person did that and you're like, there's no way. I know her too well. You know instantly that that's a lie. That's the way it should come to be with our savior, with our master, with God. The Bible does say somewhere, I think it was in Proverbs. I think it's in Proverbs where it says it's the glory of God to conceal a thing and it's the glory of, of kings to search it out. I heard that scripture for the first time, maybe not for the first time, but it, it, it's, it's, kind of lit up to me for the first time when I heard a message with Stephanie E.K. preaching it. I was like, wow, God wants you to search things out. Ask him, seek him, cry out for understanding. Cry out for understanding. Many things are hidden. Many things you will not see just at, at face value. You have to dig deep. You have to be intentional and dig deep. And God will reveal himself to you. So yes, the more you spend time with him, you realize things that are inconsistent with his character. And as a tried and tested test with human beings, you know your friends, you're like, my friend would never do that. How much more with God? And with friends, people even change. Our God does not change. So this is short. That when you get to the core of who he is, you recognize that this is, yeah, that doesn't sound like God. That being said, the scripture says, test the spirits, not dismiss them. It says, do not scoff at prophecies, test the spirits. So if you have something I am not so sure, test it. And an important test is check the fruit. Bible tells us what the fruit of the spirit is. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Do you see those fruits in whatever instruction you're hearing, whatever pressure you're feeling, whatever restlessness you're feeling? Would it produce that fruit? If the answer is no, then no, <laughs> that's probably not God because it's inconsistent. 
with the essence of who he is. So that's really important. So this is also why it's so important to renew your mind. And I think maybe in the next episode, I'll, I'll pull out the books that my mom gave me. Really amazing books. They'll really help you to identify the voice of God. I thought I got it already before she gave me those books, but those books are, are, are an incredible blessing. Renew your mind. If you don't renew your mind, then you're going to have a hard time recognizing when it's God speaking because you've not studied the word because you don't have data that shows this is how God has acted in the past with people. That's why the Bible tells us to tr- that we transform by the renewing of our mind. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Very important. If you don't do that, you're more than likely going to miss, um, miss when God is speaking. He gave us a playbook. Use it. So lastly, I'm just going to say, make sure you turn down the voices. Turn down the noise. Evaluate where's the noise coming from. Where is the noise coming from? What do I need to do to guard my gates, to make this a safe space, to make sure that I can hear the one that really matters when he's speaking to me? So important, so important, so important for people that are fasting. I don't know if they see this now, people that are going fast. Please don't come back and ask the same way. Ask the Lord what gates you need to put up. Ask the Lord how to guard your heart, your mind, your ears, your gates. Ask him. And... This seems slightly unrelated. Actually, it is related to what I was saying before because I was talking about um, being a blessing to other people. This is another question, and I guess this is the question I will end this episode with. Are you comfortable with a God that loves your enemies? I say that because that's the God we serve. He gives rain to the just and the unjust. And... Typical example, think about Joseph. Think about Joseph. After everything he went to, he was put in a place, positioned to serve the very people that despised him and put him in the pit. Are you comfortable with the God that loves your enemies? Pray about that. If your answer is no, be honest, you know, be honest. And if your answer is no, ask the Lord to soften your heart and to cause the love that he has given to you to overflow such that it will uproot every bitterness in your life. Because it is very possible that the people that God is blessing you for, that God wants to use you as a conduit to reach are the very people that persecuted you. This is why the scripture also says that we should love our enemies, pray for those that hurt us. That's the God kind of love. That's the God kind of love. Says that love is patient. Love is kind. Says love is not easily angered. Love, hmm, love keeps no record of wrongs or no record of wrongdoing. Are you comfortable with the God that loves your enemies? If you didn't think about that before now, that's the God you serve. So ask him to soften your heart, to make you that person where you can't even feel the bitterness anymore and the love of God just overflows so much that you can't help but extend the love that he has shown to you. Yeah. So I think I said in the last episode that I will like to be given little summaries just so, you know, if you lose track of everything I said, you at least remember the last things. 
So I'm going to summarize. Let's talk about generosity. Are you a generous person? Are you a bottleneck? Have you become a bottleneck? Can God use you? Can he trust you to be a conduit? Can God say of you, this is a person that will do all that I want him to do? Can he say that about you like he said about David? Yep. Where are you storing up your treasures? Where are you storing up your treasures? Are you seeking him before making your plans? Or are you seeking him more so before executing your plans? Because the Bible doesn't say it's wrong to make your plans. By all means, make your plans. But are you submitting them to him before executing them? Or are you making your plans and asking God to just come on board? You want him to co-sign without him vetting and approving. And he's like, I did not approve of that. So, yeah, those are two things. The other thing is, are there noises? Are there things in your life that are muffling the voice of God? Have you taken time to create an atmosphere that is beneficial to discerning the voice of God? Are you conversant with the character of God? I think that's a good summary of everything we spoke about. Of course, we dug into a lot more, but I really hope this episode was a blessing. I had been feeling the impression of the Holy Spirit to speak on discerning the voice of God. I think it's so important. So important, especially in this season where God is preparing his people and he often prepares his people by giving them instructions. There are many ways God prepares us, but one of the means is by giving us instructions. And obedience can literally save our lives. But in doing that, if you want to obey, you want to be able to hear who you are obeying. You need to make sure that you're hearing him, right? So, this is why it's really important to discern the voice of God. And I understand that that's why God probably wanted me to speak on this. Because it's so needed in this season. And as we are leaving the fast, people that are fasting, be careful about how you're coming back. Ask the Lord to... Help you strategize. Ask him how you need to show up. Do you need to show up differently? Really important. All right, guys. Thank you for joining me. And another episode of Imposition. Thank you, guys, that take your time to listen, take the time to watch. I just pray that you're getting value from this. And I trust God that somebody is getting value, even if it's only one person, because he wouldn't have me here doing this <laughs> otherwise. Um so yeah praise god and catch y'all in the next episode Oh, the blood.